You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dare I even ask, what is good, Houdat Nation? Welcome to Locked On Saints, your team every day brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson ASC on Twitter, your host covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it every single Monday through Friday. Lead analyst over at allsaintsconsidered.com. Welcome, as always, to all of our first-time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the jump. Houdat family, and welcome into this week's Hangover Monday edition of the Locked On Saints podcast. For the first time since joining New Orleans, Drew Brees has suffered an injury that will force him to miss a substantial amount of time, but I'm here today not to wallow, not to encourage the doom and gloom, but instead to instill a little bit of hope and calculation at a time that so many Saints fans feel demolished, and rightfully so. We'll start off today's episode talking about the injury. What is it? What's the recovery time and process? Where have we seen it before? And what to expect after the recovery is complete? Then we'll jump into a short-term look at what this means for New Orleans this season before closing out with a look at the future in the Big Easy and what needs to be done to prepare for life after Drew Brees. We got all that and actually quite a bit of land yap on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. The Saints dropped to 1-1 one and one after losing their Week 2 matchup against the Los Angeles Rams in LA 27-9, but really that's the least out of anyone's concerns right now when it comes to Saints fans. Of course, this was a highly anticipated matchup, but with everything going on, all the storylines that center it from the NFC Championship game moving forward, and honestly, the NFL and their officiating staff didn't do themselves any favors at all throughout this game, but honestly, the loss, the officiating, the least of anyone's concern in the Houdat Nation as well as the Saints organization. The big concern being, what is this team going to look like without Hall of Fame quarterback Drew Brees? For the first time since he joined the Saints in 2006, he's set to miss a substantial portion of time with a torn UCL tendon in the thumb of his throwing hand. Now let's start off with what that means. So that UCL tendon is the tendon that connects from your thumb down to your elbow. This is the same tendon that you see MLB pitchers get Tommy John surgery on. The difference is that Drew Brees' surgery, which he will require surgery to get this repaired will take place where the tendon meets the thumb as opposed to where it meets the elbow. So it's akin to one another, this and the Tommy John surgery. This injury is also known as Skier's thumb or Gameskeeper's thumb in case you hear that those phrases get thrown around at all. That is Drew Brees' injury. Now, have we seen this injury before? Absolutely. We saw it with Ryan Fitzpatrick years ago, but it was in his non-throwing hand, which is a lot easier to deal with. You saw Drew Brees couldn't even grip the football yesterday for more than a second without the pain being too much. So if it's on your non-throwing hand, it's a little bit easier to manage depending on what hand you use for handoffs and pitches, but you don't have to worry about it in terms of how you throw the ball or move the ball down the field. This is very different for Drew Brees, who is going to take some time because you can't just have the surgery, let it rest for a little while, and then go back out on the field because you have to be able to throw. The UCL attendant essentially helps make your opposable thumb opposable, and we saw that that was something that Drew Brees struggled with when he left the game. Now, this happened because in the midst of a throwing motion on a third and eight, he ended up hitting his 
his hand on Aaron Donald's hand and it ended up popping in that moment. We saw something akin to that with Jay Cutler years ago back in 2016. He suffered that injury on September 19th of that year and was back October 31st on Halloween day. That is exactly six weeks to the date and he was back on the field. Now his injury was still a little bit different. He actually had a little bit of a compound injury. He had a sprained UCL but also had a Bennett's fracture in his thumb which makes it a little bit worse. So all in all it's kind of the same as a torn ligament in a way. It's not the same but in terms of the severity of the two injuries they're akin to one another. Now Drew Brees is probably going to take the full six weeks to recover and then he'll get a bye week. We'll talk a little bit more about what that is in terms of what that means for the Saints season. But the key thing here is that this is not an injury that has forced the end of a player's season. We've seen players come back within the same season that they've suffered this injury, and that's key. Now, could something go horribly wrong? Absolutely. But the likelihood of this turning into a season-long issue is pretty slim. Now, the next thing about this is that usually that in, that injury after the surgery ends up being casted for about six weeks, but then you're in a bit of a sling for the next six, three, three to six weeks. So expect to probably see Drew Brees come back with a brace, and that's why that bye week is actually going to be pretty health, uh, pretty helpful because it's going to give him a little bit of time to get acclimated to whatever that extra piece is. Now, of course, that was recovery time in 2016. As we've seen when it comes to ACL tears, there's a drastic difference between the recovery and some injuries in terms of tendon injuries and tendon surgery now than there was years ago. So we'll see exactly what it is that happens here. If he ends up being able to come back within five weeks, even though we're being told six to eight is the minimum, my vote is keep him out. Keep him out. Let him rest. Let him get acclimated just in case he is actually wearing some type of extra piece on his hand to help keep his thumb safe. Now, one of the extra sort of, uh, I can't, it's hard for me to call this fun, but it is a tidbit is that when they did Jay Cutler surgery, they actually did his surgery on his tendon while he was holding a sterilized football to make sure that he was going to be able to maintain the grip. With what we saw with Drew Brees not being able to grip the football, that's going to be a big part of what his recovery process is going to be, is getting that grip back without the pain being so unbearable that he can't hold on to it for more than a second. So this is something new for Saints fans. This is something new for the Houdat Nation to see Drew Brees actually end up being out for more than a game or even more than a couple of plays that we're used to. We've seen him play through some pretty significant injuries, but this is an injury that keeps him from entirely doing his job. He can't hold a football. He can't throw a football. He's simply no longer in a position to produce at this time. And we saw him. He tried to put his helmet back on. I mean, you could see that he wanted to be back out there fighting with his guys, but this just isn't the time and this just wasn't the injury that he's going to be able to fight through and it's going to cause some missed time. Two big questions looming around this situation. The first, of course, being how is Drew Brees going to perform when he comes back from the surgery? But the biggest looming question right now, especially after Teddy Bridgewater's performance yesterday, is what are the Saints going to do while Drew Brees is out? So that's what we're going to talk about next. What are the Saints going to do while Drew Brees is out for the next six weeks? Do they stick with Teddy Bridgewater? Do they throw in some Taysom Hill? Do they look elsewhere? What is it that they do? in this short term to keep them in a place where they're competitive when Drew Brees does return. Before we jump to that, let me ask you, you can't find any workout that keeps you engaged? Well, Peloton has an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Get $100 off of accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout from home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get started. The Saints are going to be coming back home to New Orleans playing against the Dallas Cowboys in the Superdome 
in week four and the best way for you to grab some seats to make sure that you are there in attendance and cheering on your guys is with the Vivid Seats app. And through Vivid Seats, Vivid Seats app, you can get through your app store as well as Google Play. You can download the app and you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program as well. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace that's dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. And they get you the best deal on your seats to see all of your favorite artists, your favorite teams, whatever it is that you want to check out, even live theaters so you can see it in person. And now with the loyalty program, you also build up points that you can redeem later with additional purchases. Now, the best way to do this, of course, is by downloading the Vivid Seats app through the App Store or Google Play and then enter the promo code KICKOFF, K-I-C-K-O-F-F at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Go ahead and make sure that you are making memories that last a lifetime with Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats app. So Saints fans and the New Orleans Saints are now embarking on what is essentially everyone's worst nightmare since 2006. When Drew Brees joined this team, along with Sean Payton, that incredible draft class of 2006, when they all came in, all of a sudden, hope around the city shot up and hope around this football team became the best it's been since 1967 when they entered the NFL. Now, in 2019, 13 years later, Drew Brees suffers the first injury that will keep him out for a substantial amount of time. Now, like I mentioned in the last segment, this is an injury that we've seen quarterbacks come back with and be able to produce and play in the same season. Now, of course, those quarterbacks were Jay Cutler and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And again, Fitzpatrick's was on not his non-throwing hand. So, you know, you're not going to be saying, oh yeah, well, no, Drew Brees is going to come back and perform like Jay Cutler. Everything's going to be fine. That's different, right? But Jay Cutler was able to come back and play within the same season. My point here is that this is not a career-threatening or season-threatening injury right now. And I just say right now because we still have to get through surgery and recovery. There's a lot of other steps before we get to the point to where Drew Brees is back on the field. So with Drew Brees being out for at least six games, what do the Saints do in the short term to continue to keep the uh, to keep themselves afloat, essentially, until Drew Brees comes back so that they can still be relevant when he returns in terms of the season? Well, Good news for the Saints is that they're in the NFC South, and the NFC South so far has looked very weak throughout uh, the beginning of this year. Again, we're only two games in, so it is a small sample size, but even though the Falcons got a win yesterday, it didn't wasn't pretty, and it took, it took a while to get there. Um, you know, Philadelphia's essentially had their number for a while, and Matt Ryan, credit to him for making a great read at the line of scrimmage, and then you can credit the, uh, you can credit Nelson Aguilar after that for dropping a wide open pass down the sideline. So there was a lot of, op- a lot of different sort of variables that went into Atlanta getting that win. They don't look like an outstanding team. So if they're the biggest challenge that the Saints are going to face this season, then the Saints are still in a pretty good position to win their division. So let's say Drew Brees misses the next six games, which we know should be the case. That will hold him out all the way through week eight, which is the final game before the bye week, the Arizona Cardinals. With that being the case, Drew Brees will essentially have seven weeks from this point to recover and return if he wants to come back week 10 against the, uh, actually against the Atlanta Falcons, funny enough, at home. Now, the big thing to notice here is that these next few games that the Saints have, they're uh, at, they're at first of all, the Seattle Seahawks, and they host the Dallas Cowboys. Those are going to be tough games. I actually didn't have the Saints winning next week at Seattle, even with Drew Brees under center. It's just the fact that playing the second of a back-to-back road trip in Seattle usually results in a loss. Moving forward from there, you've got the Cowboys back at home. That's helpful. And then you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is the first division game 
game of the season and the only divisional game, the only divisional matchup before the bye week. After that, the last five of the last eight games that the Saints play will be divisional matchups, including four in a row, and then the very last week, week 17. So that bodes well for this timetable in terms of being able to keep the Saints afloat until Drew Brees comes back. So now the next question, what is it that the Saints have to do to stay afloat? And honestly, they need to not lose out. That's what they need. They need to not lose out. They need to win a game. If they win a single game over the six games that Drew Brees is out, they're still in position to finish up the, the, the year 10 and 6 if they win out, which is not a huge task to ask. It's not easy, but it's not a humongous task to ask that the Saints go on an eight-game win streak at the end of the season if Drew Brees comes back and is it is to form. The arguably the lightest part of their season is the back half of their schedule. If the Saints win two games, that buys them some more uh, some more flexibility toward the end. If the Saints win three games, then that buys them even more flexibility toward the end. But they're going to take off. They're going to take on a team like uh, the Indianapolis Colts that don't have Andrew Luck, the Tennessee Titans who have not looked great so far this season, the San Francisco 49ers who have gotten who have done well over the last couple of games, but over their first two games. But you have to also keep in mind that they. They've been playing horrible defenses as well, especially this week two game against the Cincinnati Bengals where Jimmy Garoppolo looked mighty impressive. That's not what that team is going to look like against a formidable defense that will find its rhythm probably around week six is my guess when they take on the uh, Chicago Bears. So for the Saints, when they decide now to move forward at their quarterback situation with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, they need to win a game over the course of the next six games in order to be in a position to still finish the season 10 and 6 and probably still win the division with that record. They would probably be able to contend in this division with a 9 and 7 record, but 10 and 6, a lot more likely, 11 and 5, even better if they can get two wins during the time that Drew Brees is out. So, how are they going to be able to do that? Well, a big part of it is going to be making sure that they establish the run game, continue to protect Teddy Bridgewater, and give Teddy Bridgewater an actual legitimate shot to play the quarterback position. He has not ever really had that in New Orleans. Playing week 16 with nothing but backups, playing throughout the preseason, nothing but backups. And then this last time that we saw him, though we saw him through the majority of the Los Angeles, the game against Los Angeles, he was playing essentially a system and a game plan that he did not help install. Remember, Drew Brees walks in the night before every game or the morning before every game into Sean Payton's office and says, here are some of the plays that I want to run. And they developed the game plan together. Teddy Bridgewater was not a part of that conversation. Teddy Bridgewater spent the entire week and so far throughout the season working with the essentially the backup squad. They ha- He hasn't been out there working with the guys, the number ones, because that's been Drew Brees' job. Drew Brees practices with the ones and he preps the game plan that's actually going to be installed and implemented in the game on Sunday. This is going to be Teddy Bridgewater water's first opportunity to do that. Is it going to make a difference? Probably not. Not against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle on the second part of a back-to-back road trip without going home in between because you stayed out on the West Coast the entire time, which is helpful because you eliminate a 2,000-mile trip. But is it going to make a big difference? No. Where do I expect to see the difference? At home against the Dallas Cowboys, where they're not going to face a lot of pressure. The offensive line is going to be able to hold up, unlike they were able to do against against Los Angeles. The Cowboys played against Washington last week, which or this past week, which has an awful offensive line, or let me say a 
subpar offensive line, and they got nine pressures on Case Keenum. Nine. Nine times they pressured Case Keenum. The Saints offensive line is much better than what Washington has to offer, and they should be able to help keep Teddy Bridgewater clean, and they played terribly, the offensive line, against Los Angeles, and so that would be a good opportunity for them to rebound and actually give Teddy Bridgewater and a mix-in of Taysom Hill the opportunity to come out and actually show something for this team without Drew Brees. Taysom Hill didn't take a single quarterback snap. We we haven't seen that since Taysom Hill became a part of this offense. Usually he's always in there for at least four or five snaps just to add another wrinkle, to add that zone read, that RPO, whatever that is. And we've seen the Saints win without Drew Brees before, with Drew Brees on the field, but we've seen them win games without his heroics. So the Saints do have the opportunity over these next six games to get a couple of wins. What are they going to do in the short term? We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But really what I'm interested in now is what are the Saints doing in the long term to get their team ready for life after Breeze if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't work out? All right, guys, let's talk about sex, good sex. You remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com, that's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants some extra function to enhance performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships directly to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal just for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast all right y'all so let's talk about the short-term and long-term effects of what happens now that drew Brees is undergoing this surgery to repair the ucl tendon in his throwing hand so we know he's going to miss at least six weeks potentially six to eight is one of the things that has been quoted i've seen that floating around but let's just say six weeks for now we talked a little bit about what it is that the saints need to do while he's out get one win get one win maybe get two wins if you're feeling crazy but then you still put your team in position to look good when Drew, or at least to be in good position to get into the playoffs when Drew Brees does return for the second half of the season after the bye week. We were all so excited when we saw that the Saints got a midseason bye week, and now it's so much more important than we ever thought that it would be. So let's talk about these short-term solutions. So we talked about Teddy Bridgewater essentially being the guy. I do believe that they need to mix in Taysom Hill, just like, just essentially just like they do with, uh, with Drew Brees in terms of getting another wrinkle in there. We didn't see that. And honestly, you can say that, you know, you don't want to lose what Taysom Hill brings to the offense by playing him at quarterback more than, you know, a handful of times. But honestly, what did you gain at all on Sunday with Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback and Taysom Hill playing tight end? Nothing. You didn't gain a single thing out of that. So you use him. You utilize him the same way that you utilize Drew Brees or utilize him in rotation with Drew Brees and get him in there to add some of those wrinkles. I I talked about this already. So let's let's continue to move forward. What that does mean, however, is that the Saints now have a decision to make. They have Sheldon Rankins on the roster who 
can't play yet, um, is not active on game day, and is somebody that is still recovering from his ACL tear in the playoffs. Do you carry both Sheldon Rankins and Drew Brees on your active roster, taking up two spots of your 53-man roster, and then just rotate them in as inactives, and then rotate some of the extra guys that are usually your healthy scratches, and then include them into your uh, into your game day rotation? Or do you put one of them on injured reserve? And if that happens, you don't get to see them for eight weeks. So it's not the best option. We're sitting here talking about how the Saints need to win only one or maybe a pair of games, and then Drew Brees comes back in the midseason and and is able to get you to the playoffs that way. And if you end up losing him for eight games, and then you don't get him back then until week 12 or week 13, eh, that's not really the best look for what it is that you're looking for with your team. So in the short term, you might see them end up using Taysom Hill more as their backup quarterback and saving him off the field. That might mean elevating somebody like another tight end if they want a third tight end there. Remember, Taysom Hill was a big part of that. And then also keep in mind, Andrus Pete got had an injury. Traquan Smith hurt his ankle. Keith Kirkwood got hurt before the game even started. And so you also are dealing with three other injuries that might cause some rotations along your offense. What if Traquan Smith is going to miss some extra time? Do you need to elevate somebody from the from the practice squad? Emmanuel Butler, Lord Jordan Humphrey. Do you end up elevating any of those guys? Do you do the same thing if Keith Kirkwood ends up being hurt for an extended amount of time? Or do you just replace him with Austin Carr? So there's a lot of questions in terms of what the Saints can do to make sure that they feel the most competitive team possible while Drew Brees is out. So there's a lot of a lot of decisions to be made. It makes sense to me that you have Drew Bre- I'm sorry, that you have Teddy Bridgewater as your starting quarterback and that you save Taysom from some of those extra reps just in case you need to put him in as your quarterback and thus prepare yourself by elevating somebody from the practice squad, an Alize Mack or a Dan Arnold. But then how do you make space on your roster for that? Do you let go of one of those safeties? Saquon Hampton has not been active one game so far this season. Same thing with Ken Crawley over with the defensive backs. Do you move one of those guys or do you end up cutting one of those guys in order to get another weapon elevated so that you can protect yourself in terms of the quarterback situation? I don't mind that idea. I think you get as many weapons as you have stashed away onto this offense as possible to maximize what it is that your quarterbacks are going to be able to do with this team and what Teddy Bridgewater can do with this team. He's not going to be able to make it work with just Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara the way that Drew Brees can. He's going to need more options. He's going to need more uh, weapons available to him. Jared Cook is going to have to become a weapon for this team, and he's going to have to do it quickly. And right now, that whole process has essentially expedited to next week. You got a week, Jared. You got a week to get involved, and you got a week to stop dropping those passes. Teddy Bridgewater had three drop passes that were, well, one of them wasn't necessarily on target, but two of them at least were on target. The other one was behind Michael Thomas, but you still expect these guys to make those catches and then go out there and play for whoever the quarterback is that's out on the field. And don't get me wrong, like losing your Hall of Fame leadership guy at the beginning of a game is demoralizing. I get it. The Saints were also further demoralized throughout the game thanks to the thanks to the officiating. But again, like I said, we're not here to wallow in that. We're here to talk about what the Saints can do in order to be competitive or at least remain competitive enough to still give this team a chance when Drew Brees returns. So those are some of my thoughts in terms of what they can do this season or what they can do moving forward. You're going to see a lot of roster shuffling, I think, over these next few games, especially with the other injuries that people aren't talking about because the Drew Brees injury is sort of overshadowing everything. Now, let's talk long-term here. What do the Saints do if, let's say, they find out that Teddy Bridgewater isn't the guy and that Taysom Hill can't do enough to carry the team? Then you look to this draft. This draft has a ton 
of quarterbacks coming out, and a lot of them are very talented. I know Joe, Joe Burrow is a very popular pick because he plays for LSU, yada, yada. We see him the most, but there's still a ton of guys out there. Jake Fromm, even Sam Ellinger, who we saw put up a huge fight against LSU a couple weeks ago. So there's a lot of talent in that 2020 draft class if they want to go quarterback. Then does Drew Brees losing half of this season, essentially half of this season, but does Drew Brees losing a portion of this season mean he's definitely going to be coming back next year? That's completely a possibility. That brings up a lot of questions in terms of how you make contracts work. You obviously don't bring Teddy Bridgewater back in that situation. You can go ahead and keep Taysom Hill because he's a restricted free agent. You can keep him on the cheap, but you might have to tell Alvin Kamara, hey, buddy, I need you to wait another year before we get that extension done and get you paid or find another way to do it. So that's another one of those long-term effects that can come from this. Not necessarily that Drew Brees sees the end of his career lurking up, but maybe he extends his career because of what he misses out on this year. There's also the potential to look elsewhere for the Saints, either short-term or long-term. Is there a free agent quarterback that looks like he's going to be hitting the market in the next couple of years or in the next offseason that the Saints start to target? Is there a guy that the Saints can trade for, much like they did Teddy Bridgewater last year? I don't think they go with either of those options, honestly. I think that the future for the Saints is either in the locker room right now or is somebody that's playing college football this weekend. So even though the Saints lose Drew Brees for six games, it is worth understanding that this season is not over for the Saints. Like I said, they need one win, a single win, while Drew Brees is out for those six games. And if he comes back week 10, like everyone's expecting and like we're all crossing our fingers he'll be able to, there's a chance for this team to still make the playoffs. And in fact, there's still a chance for this team to win their division with Drew Brees and to be able to go into the playoffs with a Drew Brees that has only then played 10 games in the season. You understand that, right? If Drew Brees comes back week 10 and plays eight games and he's only really, he's would only played nine total games throughout the season. How much, how meaningful that would be for him in the playoffs. Yo, that's not a bad look for the Saints at all. It's not the situation that they want to be in, of course, but if you can carry a Drew Brees that has only nine games of wear and tear on his throwing shoulder before going into at max a four-game playoff, if you include a wild card game and the Super Bowl, that's not a bad look for a team that could otherwise just choose to lay down and call it a lost season and start their rebuild or whatever it is that is the drastic idea that a lot of people on Twitter have here. That's just not what this season is yet. There's still an opportunity to save this season, by winning a single game while Drew Brees is gone with this UCL tear. I'm telling you, y'all, y'all know me. Y'all know me as a positive person. Y'all know me as an optimistic person, but I'm not just pulling your leg here. Keep the faith. There's very little that the Saints have to achieve while Drew Brees is gone in order to still be alive for a postseason run this season. I know it sounds crazy. And honestly, you know what? It doesn't sound crazy. It's the logical thing. It's the logical way to look at this. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode, y'all. Thank you so much for coming through as always. Uh, make sure you come back tomorrow. We'll take a deeper look at the game. I'll talk about officiating. I'll talk a little bit more about this Drew Brees injury and what the Saints have to do. And of course, we'll get some more updates on everything going on with the injuries all throughout the week. Once the Saints return to practice on Tuesday, should have an injury up for you on Wednesday with a crossover episode with the Seattle Seahawks locked on Seahawks team as well. But for right now, I'll say, as I always do, thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And of course, if you have not already, go ahead and subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. Thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and trust who that nation. I'll holla at you.